The following audio is from Morningstar Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio. For more information about Morningstar, visit MorningstarDayton.org. Good morning. We are also very excited to be with you today. It is good to be back in Ohio. I was born in Finley, and uh, we moved from Medina. I I travel all over, and I can always tell if someone's from Ohio or not by how they say Medina. Most people don't say it correctly, but we uh, had the privilege while we were there. We worked with uh, Nate and Rochelle there, and then we moved together to Springfield, Missouri to Baptist Bible College And we traveled with uh, an entourage here today. My wife and some of her girlfriends and my daughter-in-law and my grandkids are here today with us as well. She's from Kentucky, so she came up to to visit with us today, um, visiting her family there from from Missouri. I'll tell you, we love the Deckers. That's why we're here. We believe in them. John and Mandy uh, are wonderful people, their testimony, their integrity, their desire, their heart. Uh, I am so thankful for them. Uh, Several years ago, whenever we were looking to fill a tough position on campus, Nate came to me and said, I know a guy. And so we we talked to John, and uh, he worked with us for several years there. And honestly, it is tough, as Nate mentioned, it's tough to lose a good person. But we're both in ministry. So we understand this is what we do. We prepare people to go out and lead churches. That's what we do at Baptist Bible College. So it's kind of hard to not be excited to see guys like John and and ladies like Mandy choosing to follow what God had put in their heart. So I'm excited for you because we know them. And having a chance to see your facility and the area, and what a great potential, what a great opportunity you, you have here. So thank you for loving him, for loving them. Uh, it's important to have just such a, such a close connection between a pastor and a people, and, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about the job of a shepherd. For 25 years... Um, I served as the senior pastor of church. It was the love of my heart because that's how God built me. And so getting to do this now at Baptist Bible College, leading the college there, we specialize in preparing people to use their life for a ministry, whether that's in an education setting or a business setting or primarily in a local church setting or on the mission field. That's what we do. Challenge people to use their life to make a difference for Jesus Christ wherever they're at. But serving in a local church has been, has been my um, life's um, occupation, uh, but it's an all-encompassing life. So I want to talk about that because you being the flock here of a local church have chosen to have pastors here to lead. So what does that mean? What does that mean? What does the Bible have to say about that? God has a plan to reach the world. And in his plan, it's also to lead believers to to growing. 
God has a desire for local churches to be started here and all around the world. That's how he's going to reach the world. And these local churches are to be led by pastors. That's what the Bible tells us. Ephesians 4.11 says, And he gave himself to some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. The English word pastor actually comes from the Latin translation of the New Testament. The original Greek word is poimen, which means shepherd. The word shepherd means someone who the Lord raises up to care for the total well-being of his flock. So I want you to listen in today and even apply this personally into your own home. Parents, dads, the job of a shepherd is also yours in your own home. But John, this message is for you. It's for you as a church to understand the importance of this, this role. What, what is a pastor to do? What is he supposed to be responsible for? The Bible uses the word shepherd 101 times. Sometimes the word is used to describe the job of leading real sheep, the ones that go bah with wool. Sometimes it's used metaphorically to describe the job of leading people. And sometimes it's even used theologically to describe God in his role of leading and caring for his sheep. So, what is a shepherd supposed to do? The job of a shepherd. The first job is this, feed the sheep. That's his job, feed the sheep. Let me read some verses to you, and I want you to see mixed applications that the Bible uses, both to real sheep and to his church. Genesis 46, 32 says this, and the men are shepherds, for their occupation has been to feed livestock. Isaiah 40, 11 says, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Jeremiah three fifteen says, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. There's some mixed uses here talking to real shepherds that are out in the fields with sheep, as well as to pastors and leaders of people. The context might be a little bit different, but the fact is a shepherd is to make sure the flock is fed. That's the job of a shepherd. You know why? A shepherd is hired by a farmer or rancher to help reproduce healthy sheep. And if you are going to reproduce anything healthy, it requires serving them healthy food, right? You cannot produce healthy sheep or a healthy church if you do not serve healthy food. The shepherd of a church must serve healthy food from God's word. Sad to say, that on this Sunday morning, all across America, there's a lot of junk food being served. 
Many shepherds today think that their words and their cool ideas are the way to go. But here's the deal. Our words and our cool ideas can never change one life. Only the word of God can produce healthy sheep. So properly feeding God's sheep requires going through books of the Bible, chapters of the Bible, verses of the Bible to understand the intent of the writer of of how God wants us to apply that message to lives today. As a pastor, I enjoyed so very, very much preaching through book after book in the Bible. And I often felt a little bad because I learned so much more than I ever had time to share. I love preaching the Bible. And I've learned this about ministry. After a church starts eating healthy food, that church begins to have a hunger for healthy food and begins to know what healthy Bible preaching is. The church begins to know the difference and will not be satisfied with anything else. Once you start tasting of God's healthy food, you'll know when someone isn't preaching the Bible. One of the things that very few people ever realize is how much time a pastor spends preparing to feed you each Sunday. It's easy in the ministry to spend 40 60 plus hours a week being here and responding to needs and being in meetings and planning services and and visiting people and all of those things. And then on top of that, to spend 20, 30 plus hours of study. Let me tell you, church, you need to protect that time for your pastor. If you do not protect that time you're going to end up with some leftovers instead of the healthy food. Protect that time. I loved that time, surrounded by hundreds or thousands of books, using them to help me study and meeting with God in those study times. If you are going to feed a great meal to many people, it takes a lot of planning and a lot of work. Pastors need to plan weeks and months in advance. To have healthy sheep, you need to feed them God's word. Not someone else's words, not your words. Those words change no one. A shepherd is to feed the sheep God's word. The second job of a shepherd is this, protect the sheep. You're all familiar with the story of David and Goliath. In Psalm or in 1 Samuel, the book of 1 Samuel 17, David appears on the scene of a standoff between the Israelites and the Philistines. David shows up, and while he's there, a big uh, ugly giant stands up and mocks Israel, and then he mocks the God of Israel. When he mocked Israel, David was like, he's talking about y'all. He's a, you know, he ain't talking about me. And then he talks about the God of Israel, and then he's, David's attitude changed a little bit, didn't he? He's like, oh, no, no, no. You didn't 
just go there. Now I'm going to do something about this. And he, and he decides he's going to punch the bully. He decides against wearing someone else's armor. They try and talk him out of it, but David's going to do this anyway. So we read that he goes down to a brook. And in verse 40 of that chapter, it says, David put five smooth stones in his shepherd's bag. So shepherds, they carried little bags on their belt with them. A shepherd's bag, that was his bag of bullets. That's what a shepherd used to protect his flock. He put stones in his shepherd, shepherd's bag to protect his sheep. David was a great shepherd. David was not uh, afraid of doing some killing. Before addressing Goliath, David protected his sheep. David had spent a lot of time alone learning how to use a sling and a rock. He got pretty good at it. When a hungry bear and a hungry lion came looking to eat one of the sheep, David took care of them. The Bible says that Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. This happens in churches all the time. A good shepherd needs to recognize the situations and the people that can harm the flock, that come seeking to devour some sheep. Like John, I served as a policeman for several years before I went to Baptist Bible College and then into the ministry. And I'll tell you, John, God will use your experience, your intuition to recognize and deal with potential problems. We have this sixth sense. You can see somebody walking in and go, mm -mm. Your job is to protect this flock. So, so listen to this hard truth from this experienced pastor. I learned as a young pastor the hard way that not everyone that comes to your church is going to fit there or is going to be there for the right reasons. There are some that come to a church to destroy, to hurt, to keep God's work from progressing. I've learned as a young pastor, you don't want everybody. And those words, they don't make sense to some of your ears. And I got this from a couple congregations that I've served. But our doors, we need to welcome everyone. Listen to me. You have a job to protect the flock. The Bible is very clear. There are those out there that are not seeking God's best. They want their best. It's much better to protect your church from harm than to have to deal with terrible issues later on. People that will hurt and harm God's church. You may think, well, how can we grow that way? We can't, we, how, how does this make sense? I, I will tell you from experience that if you do not deal with people that can hurt others or people that will hinder the work 
or people that complain or people that criticize or people that gossip or people that will not serve or people that will not give or people that will not sacrifice. Are you with me? If you do not deal with them, you are going to pay a severe price of hurt and failure and disappointment. These kinds of people are selfish, they're divisive, and they're hurtful. From this day forward, all you need to do is say, well, that president said this. This is this come from me, not John. A shepherd's job is to protect the sheep. They carried a big stick. They carried slingshots. When I became a pastor, I was just weeks removed from graduating at Baptist Bible College. I became the pastor of my home church. But the problem was there was a man in that church that thought he should have been named the pastor. I was so naive. I thought everyone should love their pastor. I couldn't imagine anyone not loving their pastor. But he didn't. He did not love his pastor. He would sit. If, I'm on the, if I was on our platform there, he would sit over in this section over here. He would look at me. He would cross his arms and he would make faces at me while I was up on the platform. Like, I'm a young, I'm 25 years old pastoring this church. I'm like, what do I do? What this guy's driving me crazy. I, I for a few weeks, man, it really just upset me and messed my stomach up. And I spent some time with God. God, God cleared my head a little bit. The next Sunday morning. I stood up and I looked right at him and he started in making a face and I just started laughing. It, got, it just changed my whole perspective. Something inside made me laugh and, and realize this is silly. So I, it gave me the courage that week to remove him from any responsibilities that he had in that church. And then he did something that he thought would really hurt me. They left. <laughs> the next Sunday, it felt it was the clouds had rolled away. It was a new day. This is a hard thing to understand. But sometimes you've got to pull the weeds before you can grow a healthy plant. This is a hard lesson from an experienced older pastor. You've got to protect your flock. You've got to understand where God has you headed. Sometimes the job of a shepherd is to keep hurtful people from hurting you. The job of a shepherd is to protect you, not only personally, but doctrinally. That's why you preach the word of God. It's to protect you spiritually. That's why he preaches against sin. A pastor is to feed, and that goes hand in hand with protecting the flock. The third thing is this. A pastor is to lead the sheep. Lead. Despite what many good people think, 
despite what some churches and how some churches operate, it is not the job of the sheep to lead the flock. It's the job of the shepherd to lead the flock. I'm not much of a rancher, but I've heard this. You drive cattle from behind, but you lead sheep from up front. Sheep are built to follow. That's the job of the shepherd, to lead. In Israel, following the failure of King Saul to lead the nation properly, the leaders came to David. They said, David, you need to lead us now. 2 Samuel 5.2, they, they quote God in telling David this. You shall shepherd my people, Israel. So David was humble and, and didn't think he was up to it, but he did it. He allowed God to use him. And listen to these verses that talk about David's leadership. Psalm 78, verse 70 says, He also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds, from leading real sheep. Verse 71, from following the ewes that had young, he brought him to shepherd Jacob or Israel, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. Listen to how David did this. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. That's a beautiful description of a pastor. With his heart. With his hands. David loved the people, and because of that, he led them where they needed to go. He used every skill God had given him to lovingly lead Israel. This is an important thing. I want you to understand this. John, I want you to understand this. The job of a shepherd is to lead the sheep where they need to go, not where you want to go. That is what has destroyed so many churches today. Somebody will come into a church and go, oh, we're going to go do this and this and this and this, when it has nothing in common with where the people are supposed to be going, where God wants that church to go. One of the most famous Passages in Scripture, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. It goes on to say, green pastures. You know why? Because that's where the sheep needed to go. Many shepherds make the tragic mistake of leading the sheep where they want to go and not where the sheep need to go to get food and water. God gives churches their own spirit. I, I believe this. God gives churches their own personality. A leader needs to discover that and then lead the church to the place where God intends for that church to go, to the ultimate best that God wants to lead that church, not where you want to go, but where they need to be taken. Leading sheep is difficult. It's very difficult. And not many are called, and honestly, not many are cut out to do this. It's one of the toughest jobs there is. Being a pastor is, is, is tough. But I have never loved doing anything else this much. It's a joy. A pastor or a shepherd needs to understand the flock and needs to know where and how to lead them to become the church that God intends for them to be. So how does the shepherd know this? He needs to walk close to God and close to the sheep. 
A good shepherd will know how and when to lead. He'll know when the time is right. He'll know when the people are ready. He'll know when the finances are right, when the plan is right, when the support is right. A shepherd needs to know his flock and where God wants them to go and lovingly and patiently lead them there. And I know this. Whenever you understand that your shepherd has the best interest of this church at heart, you'll follow. Even if you don't necessarily like or understand everything, if you know he's making that decision for your best, sheep will follow that shepherd. The fourth thing a shepherd must do is love the sheep. This passage, I'm going to read you, it, it just touches my heart. Love the sheep. In Matthew 9, verse 35 and 36 says, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Listen to this. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. In, in the eyes of God, when someone is weary, when someone is hurting, when someone is wandering, he looks at it as though that person, that sheep, they have no shepherd loving them. He looks at our country and he sees people all over there hurting. They're, they're lonely and they're crying out and God's heart breaks because he sees they have no, no shepherd to love them. Jesus looked at them and it hurt him deeply. No one leading them. When sheep are left alone, they get very scared. They try to run away. They try to hide from danger. They become lonely. They become afraid. That's exactly what people are like today. That is why they come to a church. People that come into the doors of your church are coming because their heart is in need. There's something missing. There's a need in their life and they're hoping they can find something for it. They're hurting. They're going through a tough time. They've tried everything else. It used to be the church used to be the first place you'd come. Today, it's the last place. So people have tried everything else, every sin imaginable. They've tried it all to heal that hurt there. And then they finally come through the doors of our church sometimes. Maybe, maybe there is something to this. Will they be loved? Will they be introduced to other people that will love them? Will they be told how they can know the one that can change their life? We need to love people. The way we love people is we feed them God's word, we protect them, we lead them, and we introduce them to the one that can change their life. That's the ultimate love we can show people. I, I believe this about leadership. When people know you love them, they will follow you. The last thing is this. A shepherd is called to sacrifice for the sheep. A good shepherd is willing to lay down his life, do whatever it takes to properly feed and protect and lead and love. 
Jesus said in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He's the supreme example of sacrifice. A good shepherd will learn from this and will lead this way. Being a shepherd, being a pastor is a very tough job. It will cost you. It will cost you a lot of time. It will cost you a lot of sleep. It will cost you a lot of emotions. It will cost you a lot of headaches. It will cost you a whole lot of your life. But I'll tell you this. There is no greater joy than when a shepherd and a flock love each other and support each other and work together to experience the blessings of God in your midst. Jesus loved you so much. His sheep. He loved you so much that he gave his life for you. The Apostle Paul, in one of his final meetings, says in Acts 20, 28, he's talking to pastors. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. He gave his life for us so that we could be part of his flock. It's a powerful, life-changing experience when you know that God's blessing is just clear and evident. To know that you have met with God. When a shepherd and a sheep, when a pastor and a congregation love each other, there is such great joy and peace and health and growth. Why do we do all of this? Why do we, why do we build buildings? Why do we have programs? And why do we have services and studies. We do all of this because there's one that did something for us. The one that gave himself for us. We are the church. We are the sheep of his pasture. We do all of this because of one that gave his life and paid our way to heaven. Every one of us. It's a privilege to be a part of his family, a part of his flock. Together, we go through life. Together, we walk. Together, we, we experience his leadership and, and his feeding and watering and protection and love and sacrifice. Today, this is a very different message it's a very different day. It's a very special day. Maybe today is the day when you would recognize the fact that maybe, maybe you've been coming to church for a long time. Maybe you've been coming to churches for a short time. Maybe you're new today. I don't know. But you would recognize that I've never really fully given my life to Jesus Christ. I've never let him become the shepherd of my life to lead my life. Maybe today is the day when you'd say, I'm, I'm done playing games. I'm done living a, a lie. I want to know absolutely that I'm on my way to heaven. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions about Morningstar Baptist Church or today's message, 
Visit MorningstarDayton.org and choose Contact Us.